I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life, and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. the first thing that the microphone picked up was what you saying hey here open your mouth <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna spray it in your mouth Stephen. please don't i would prefer you didn't put bleach or but anything in my mouth it'll cure coronavirus so you're good remember just drink bleach let's test you let's test start. you little testies little testies <laughs> little test what episode number are we on, Ben? 77. 82. Damn. This will be episode 82. 82. Yeah, 82 episodes of listening to you talk nonsense, disregard everything I say, tell me I'm wrong. What are we talking about? <laughs> Welcome to Ordinary to Extraordinary, everybody. I'm here with Ben. I'm extraordinary. He's ordinary. Ben's been very annoying for the last five days because I've been trying to explain a concept that we're going to talk about today, and for some reason he made it much more complicated than it actually is. He didn't do a good is. job at setting the stage for how it should be interpreted. I feel like I said you sent me literally words. a dictionary definition of no, it. No, that was and you're today. Like, here you go. Here, here's a picture. I'm like, oh my god. Do if a better you allow job me to talk for 30 seconds, I'll explain what I did. Oh, Jesus. Seriously, you're that guy now? Yeah. You're the guy who talks for five minutes then says, if you'll allow me to talk for 30 seconds, you're that guy now? You've talked you're over that guy me now? every time I go to speak. <laughs> okay. Awkward silence over. So <laughs> what I did was I said, look, Ben, let's talk about alignment. And not in your car. We're not, don't, don't care if your wheels are turning true or not. Well, no, we do. But in terms, I don't want them to get uneven wear on their tires or something. Of business and life, and where I got the idea was, I am currently going through some pretty high-level training for the position that I accepted with Heartland, over and above what I'm still doing, what I've always done, and it's like a, it's like a Miller Hyman is the company that no but i mean like you're you're st- in addition to what you're doing it's mm-hmm. like it's like a promotion of sorts it's a promotion yeah. yeah it's a huge promotion but it's uh i don't i don't view it as such i <laughs> take it all in stride but yeah so we were talking Sorry. about the selling process versus the buying process so what we have to do is wherever we come in in the buying or, or the selling process a lot of times and you probably experience this in your industry as well customers are already pretty far down the line and they're basically ready to write a check 
And while that seems like a great thing, especially in your industry, mm-hmm. sometimes you got to put the brakes on and say, hey, no, let's back up. Let's go back to the start and let's start with what you're trying to accomplish, why you're trying to accomplish it, and let's go through the steps together because that's your job as a salesperson, right, to ask and learn and make it a joint venture versus a traditional selling approach where if somebody's ready to buy, you just sell to mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. walk away. Obviously, when you're dealing with enterprise-level businesses where there's multiple buy-in influences, so you might have a CFO, a CTO, a CIO, and it doesn't always need to be chiefs, but then you've got user influences, you've got technical influences, you've got the EBI, which would be the economic buy-in influence, who has like the ultimate veto power to say yes or no, regardless of what everybody else wants, because they're the one that writes the check. In the process of learning this, one of the things we've talked about a lot is are we in alignment with our customers? not just in terms of where they are in each other's processes, like us in the selling processes and them in the buying process, because obviously being at the same spots together is beneficial. So as they're in the discovery process, are we in the information-giving process? As they're in the decision-making process, are we in the, the support process, right? So I thought about it from the perspective that we can apply this in multiple places. In our lives relationships we can mm-hmm. apply it in health and fitness goals we can apply it in mental health we can apply it in basically everything we do in life and it took me five days to get ben to somewhat <laughs> warm up to even understanding what i was trying to get him to think about well because i was thinking about and, and, and it is true more of like you were talking about aligning processes and you were talking about aligning processes across your life. And I'm like, aligning processes across, like, how would I take the processes from, like, my home life and apply them? Because you were talking about, like, deciding where to go to dinner and then how that applies to work. And that thing, that's what threw me off. I was, I was like, yeah, I'm confused. And, what are you talking about? And I guess what about? I'm saying is if you just look at everything in its own silo, so. Yeah. Like. No, I get it. I get okay. it now. And I think we've talked about it, actually, when you think about it, really throughout it, right? Is At the end of the day, are you selling to a specific need? And are your work goals maybe aligned with your home goals too, right? Is So you don't have things that are necessarily contradictory within your own planning, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. T- Five days. <laughs> Fucking days. <laughs> you could and have then, just said it like I did succinctly right there and then I would have gotten it the first and time. And then this morning he sends me three topic ideas and I was like, so we're not talking about alignment? He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now we have my topic ideas for the other days. Yeah. Well, maybe one or, one or two of them. That's because um, Steven's a... Hey, this is a joint venture. You have to buy in. That's why it took me five days to explain this to you. If you didn't want to do it, we wouldn't have done it. Maybe. <laughs> are our goals aligned, Stephen? I think so overall. It doesn't so. mean that we're identical and it doesn't mean that we agree on everything. It just means that Thank God. I think we're aligned in terms of what the podcast is what it can be and what we continue to try and strive to make it be so i did a couple of reach outs for interviews by the way so we'll see if those people respond and want to get scheduled cool. our upcoming one will be good as well we got some good interviews coming folks i am very excited about next week's and i just want to sort of let everybody know that ben and i are probably going to be really vulnerable and we're going to come from, on some topics, we're probably going to come from a, a place of ignorance, but not in a, not ignorance in a bad way, ignorance in terms of we just don't have any perspective like this this person does. So we'll uh, leave it at uh-huh. that. And I think we're going to have really good conversation bum, next bum, week. Bum, 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 bum. There you go. Okay. Alignment. Yes. 
Where would you like to start? Well, I think we should start where... Well, what side of the coin? Do we want to start on the selling side or the buying side? Do we want to start on business or do we want to start with personal? I don't think we... I think we can always come back to the selling portion of it. Okay, let's start... To... We'll start with what I told you originally then, if that works. Okay. So we'll start with my first initial one with this is in my space, we'll take it from the financial advisory space, you have the guys who are big time producers, hardworking, dedicated to their job, work, 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 right? And then you have those that run lifestyle practices, we call them, where uh, more of a golf lake early on the weekends might not ever become the million dollar producer, but still make a good leave-in, right? And so what's interesting is you have two different types of advisors there. Both of them know long-term what their end goals are, right? Or where they want to be. And their work ethic is different. I'll say. So their work ethic of each of those individuals is going to be hopefully aligned with what their end goal is. You can't have the guy who wants to live a lifestyle practice have the end goal of being a multi-million dollar producer and not put in the work, right? So are your life goals aligned with your work ethic and the amount of time you're putting in? You've done this thing that you tend to do where I've got stuff written down and you kind of just take me up the garden path towards it. Good. Because I've got, as a quote, you can't have a million dollar dream and a minimum wage work ethic. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good line. You can't have a million dollar dream and a minimum wage work ethic, unless you're in Washington and we start to raise the minimum wage more. Yeah. So I think in terms of work, so I've I've broken this down into three slash four, because with health, I've done physical and mental health. Which is a pretty, yeah. Um, So I guess that's three and four. But if we start with work... Guess who I'm going to talk about? Me. Who do I talk about a lot? You. Simon Sinek. Oh. <laughs> if we start with a vision and the why, right? If you start with that concept with work, I think it's much easier to both align your goals from a personal level and hire slash fire based on your alignment with people. It's that idea that you can be vision driven or you can have every, every, every person for themselves. In that context... If you think about work structures and hierarchies, and I know that some people I know are going through some of this currently where their leader seems to be somewhat different from what the rest of the company envision and what was sold to them and what they want to be in six months, a year, five years, 10 years down the line, right? So I think leadership and staff slash employees mm-hmm. have to be in alignment right? yeah and that doesn't mean that every you're creating clones it doesn't mean that you're you're forcing people to buy in it means that you want people to follow you because they want to be there and you want people to follow you and strive for your vision because it doesn't just inspire them it moves them to action right because mm-hmm. inspiration and motivation is very cyclical and very sort of fleeting so and i will add the other part of that is what, where you see kind of discontentment within a job or a type of culture drift, right, is when the leader hasn't done a good job of necessarily uh, communicating what they're hoping the vision for the company is or the end goal is, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like if you can't communicate well, then you're always going to struggle, I think, with having that buy-in, though. I would go as far as to say that you can have 99% pointing in the right direction, making the right moves, doing the right things. And it can be a very, very small, it can be one person, it can be a couple of people. 
that screw that up for everybody. And toxicity. I've literally put here as an example, police and policing. Without getting political, I believe the majority of police officers, in fact, not just the majority, but the overwhelming huge majority, Mm -hmm. show up to work wanting to do good things, help the public, get bad people off the streets, and work within the best con work within the confines of the rules are given as best they can i will say i think a lot of police could do more training i think a lot of police probably need to do more work on interpersonal skills uh mental health management and they probably could do a two or three year course as opposed to going through a police academy and then being on the street or at least meant being mentored slash being menteed by someone right police is a perfect example of this Police culture in general is probably really good. And we had Sean Wheeler come in here a few months ago and he talked to us. Mm -hmm. I went on a drive along with him, which I think I broke this down on the podcast before, but in case anybody didn't hear that or if you want to know how my day went, I was there first thing in the morning. I sat in on their their, 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 uh, pre-shift briefing. briefing. So they go over everything that happened the day before, what they're working on continuously, hotspots. They talked about, you know, one of the things was that particular day was a day each week that for some reason there was a spike in thefts in the mall. So each <laughs> cop took a certain amount of time that they would basically go and walk through the North Town Mall because that was where they were patrolling it that day. Then we go out in the car, we drive around, we find things, we support other, because I was with a sergeant. So he would he basically picks what calls he'll go to that he thinks are going to require more support. One of the things we did was we pulled over in a parking lot and another police officer pulled up and, and another high-ranking police officer and they discussed how to mentor someone that was struggling with something. Knowing Sean as well as I do and knowing how the uh, that particular department works, I don't see an issue with culture. I don't see... I hate this term, but I don't see toxic masculinity. There were female officers. There was a social worker on duty with them that literally shows up to calls that they think they're going to need that with. Um, And they're they're looking for more funding in order to be able to do that. But it's not like social worker instead of or whatever. But yeah, so that's where culture and activities being in alignment can be spoiled by a tiny, tiny percentage of people, Mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons I always say that I'm really slow to hire and I'm really quick to fire, which makes me sound like Donald Trump a bit, right? You're fired. (laughs) Um, I don't want to sound like Donald Trump in any way, shape, or form, but um, yeah, I'm really slow to hire. You've got to work on your orange glow a little better if you're going to do that. Yeah, I can't get orange. I would need to like spray paint myself to get that. You could do the hair, though. No, I couldn't. Yeah, you can get that. Grow it out a little bit. We could work on that. My hair gets curly. It's not like his. Hmm. My hair gets wavy after it gets to a certain length. Oh, really? That's why I keep it short. You need a haircut, speaking of hair. It's uh, Wednesday. Okay. Speaking of hair. But yeah, so I guess cultural and acti- culture and activities must align as well, right? So how often have we seen companies that preach one thing? Certain large financial institutions that have been fined through the teeth for the last five to six years yeah preach one thing but then have a systemic issue from the top down where people are doing the wrong thing well exactly to that point i think what you see a lot of the time is you see a kind of management leader say one thing their actions speak to that which is something very different than what they're saying they want Mm-hmm. Right, so then they set the tone really for how the entire culture is going to be. It's like, oh, well, you said you wanted this, but you didn't do that, and you've done that multiple times now. So now I don't believe you. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's like, so now you have a really bad situation going along. So I think alignment and not just a personal level, right? Like you as an individual aligned with your own personal goals and beliefs, but companies clearly aligned. And it is so funny. I'll say this. It, it, it all comes back, and we say this in a lot of podcasts, to communication. Like mm-hmm. relationships, business, all of it comes back to communication and have you are clearly articulated what it is that you want, right? And the other interesting part about this is when you've done that, I think, then people can call you on it. Like you've called me on stuff. I'll call you on stuff when it's like, dude, you said you wanted to do this, but your actions mm-hmm. or how you did it is not the right way to go about getting what you want. Well, how many times have I brought up radical candor? Speaking your mind. Not being an asshole, okay? But it can come across as that sometimes. And I know you've experienced this, whether it be with me or others, where someone (laughs) says something to you, and at the time, in the heat of the moment, you're like, fucking asshole. And you kind of, you're not happy about it, and you go away, and you might think on it or stew on it. But then you kind of have your epiphany moment, your, your, your own self coming to Jesus moment, where all of a sudden you're like, yeah, they're probably right. And at some point, you probably apologized to somebody and said, hey, I probably didn't take that the way you meant it. I see what you mean now. I apologize. Right? Yeah. And I've even told you sometimes like that. Like, you probably didn't say that in the way that it sounded. Like, you didn't mean it to come out the way that it sounded. (laughs) But you sounded like an asshole when you said it. Mm -hmm. But I also get the point that you were getting across. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think radical candor is probably going to be the biggest part of both aligning culture, actions, visions, all of that. Like... We've talked about Alan Mulally before, that Ford CEO Mm -hmm. that basically came in and for six months was told everything was great. And he's like, well, our stock prices are in the toilet and we're not selling any cars. That's like that meme where it's burning all around him. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's good. So then it took one brave soul because the previous CEO didn't want to hear anything bad. So he had to change that culture through demonstration that, hey, I want to hear the everything i'd say it's radical candor but it's also true self-reflection for at least your own personal alignment right because i think society has shaped people to think they want something right and they really believe oh no i want to be this million dollar man or i want to do this right it's like why back to your son it's like well because then i can get the lake place and i can I'm, i'm speaking for my own stuff too to some degree here right it's like and I can get the cars, and I can go on more vacations, I can do this. Like, well, why do you want to do all that? It's like, and at the end of it, if you can actually define something, and you truly want that, the, the, the foundational reason for why you think you want all these material possessions, or you want to live your wife life in a certain way, then great. But I don't think if you can't dive down past the initial, I, I want the big house, I want this, I want that, whatever it is, and it's materially driven, right? I'm kind of... Mm-hmm. then maybe stop and think if that's actually what you want. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the time people's actions are going towards something they think they want and they get there and they're not satisfied. And then they will like, well, I just I, I just got to do a little more then, right? It's like, and this is misalignment. You might be aligned with an end goal, but it's not your end goal. And I would say that if, you're, if, if your vision or your why is aligned to things in general, whether it be money or actual possessions or cars or think bigger, think better, there's much more fulfilling things. It's not to say that money isn't nice and that you can't do cool things with it. I hate the misquote when people quote the Bible and they say money's the root of all evil. Yeah. Money, that, that quote... The love is, of no, money. The, the pursuit of money is how it actually translates from the Hebrew. The pursuit of money is the root of all evil. If you pursue money over all else, 
and things. Mm -hmm. You're broken. You're a broken person. And you have to reevaluate that. It's nice to have nice things. But if you literally can't take a step back and go, yeah, I could live a simpler life and still be happy, seek counseling. And yeah. I'm going to say that every time. I'll say it's good to have goals. Like, you got to have goals. And if they are materially driven, I would say I don't care. Like, for me, it's like I want a lake house. That's fine. It's a material possession. But the reason I want it family is because I want to bring my family out there. I want to see the kids play on the beach. And I want to be able to invite my close friends out there and have people enjoy it, right? It's like you work hard to get material possessions because you want to see your friends and family and folks enjoy it. I always tell people it's like a lake house in and of itself is kind of boring. It's nice to go out there for a night or two by yourself, right, and relax. But after that... I mean, you're not going to go out there every weekend by yourself and sit alone. Like, if you go, you want to be with the people that you care about having fun and seeing them enjoy the fruits of your yeah. labor. So <laughs> it's driven from that standpoint, then I think material possessions are an okay goal. But you, so if, if we really want to get philosophical with alignment, your overall lifestyle, your habits, your, your work vision mm -hmm. is in alignment with you having a late call. Other people... The lake home might be a dream, but they know that it's going to be more like a trailer that they get to take to the lake every now and again, right? Which is cool too. And as long as you're you're in alignment with your dreams and your actions and your your end game, and it's not solely based on the possession of that property or that trailer or whatever it is, it's, hey, I want this in order to have my family build memories so that for the rest of our life, we can look back on that, do this, they can bring their kids, they mm -hmm. can bring their girlfriends, all that stuff. and it, it's Grow just, up in it. Yeah, yeah, that's a different concept to I just want a big-ass house on the lake, right? Yeah. So speaking of which, we're going to do a little update on that. But I think if you visualize and you really think about it, right, and you think about what you want the house to look like and what you want the property to look like and what you want, where how you see you like where your wife is sitting and where the kids are playing and who's there with you, like if you can really visualize this, like and then experience it and like what's it what's the day like what are you doing when you're sitting there at your lake place mm -hmm. with and who's there right like we talk about this in the office because then you can say okay back into it what are the things that i need to do to get to that image that i have set in my mind i mean i think that is the motivator behind it all too is is the the end experience when i've worked hard and my goals have become aligned with my work right it's like then what because there is nothing wrong with just having the trailer and having the same people sitting outside of a trailer drinking Bud Light or whatever, right? Yeah. It's like in relaxing. I mean, that's fun too. You just got to enjoy the process as well to get to the lake place because it's hard work. Exactly. All right. This is the part I think might be the most interesting, at least for me and for you. People that are listening might also get a kick from this because we're coming at this from polar opposite spots. Alignment in relationships whether that be romantic or friends or marriage or whatever so obviously you're a happily married man now for 10 plus years right this thursday will be 10 yeah okay. it's our anniversary on thursday yep. the 30th good to know so 10 years 10 before years. that you dated for five no we Three. were engaged for a year and eight months and we dated for a year prior to that okay so two years eight months Total so of dating prior close to, to 13 years total. Yep. Yeah. So November 4th, 2007 is when we started dating. And then I'm chronically single. Yep. And I say chronically <laughs> in complete jest. Um, you know, I'm happy. I'm fulfilled. 
I've had ups and downs in the dating realm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think alignment in relationships for me probably looks a lot different from alignment in relationships from you because you're much more willing to compromise than I am, which you have to be. Well, yeah, and I think... two kids. What I'll say, though, and I've, I've told this to my brother even, is it's like when you meet the right person, it doesn't feel like compromise, though. And you want, I said, when you meet the right person, it doesn't feel like you're compromising, right? Because you want to for the right person. I agree. So if you feel like you're having to compromise on some big moral things or whatever, then Mm -hmm. okay, then it's probably not the right person is what that means. That's just your, your body, God, whatever you want to say, telling you no. Yeah. I would, I would challenge that a little bit. Not the premise per se. But I've never bought into the there's only one person for you kind of thing. I think there can be multiple ones. Oh, I don't, I'm not saying that so, either. But I'm yeah. saying there is multiple types of people that you might mesh with and more, even more so that you don't. I think, so I took this uh, class at NGU and it was interesting. It was biblical marriage based on biblical marriage. And they posed this thing that I had never really thought of. And it was just the idea of, uh, now we're getting totally off topic here a little, well, not totally, we'll, we'll but find our way back. we will, we always do is the idea of, uh, is love an action or a feeling, right? And you, I think you and I have yes. talked about this before and I say, I think it starts as a feeling, but then it's an action, right? Cause there's going to be days where you're going to have difficulty with your spouse or in your relationships. And I think that's when people quit too early, right? It's like, instead of just going on through it, it's just like, anything. it's like a hard job. It's like you don't get to the fruits of the labor until you push through the difficulties within your jobs. You don't make a lot of money until you push through the hard times. You don't have a successful marriage and where you get to share the ups and the downs until you push through some of the hard times, right? And people just think that because it's difficult that that's not how it should be, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> that's, that's not how life works. Yeah. Well, my answer to that is it's both always both you mean love yeah yeah it should be both you should you should feel it and you should act it yeah and i think often but not every day you're going to feel it often i think the feelings are there but the actions are not and vice versa Mm -hmm. i think people go through the motions when the feeling left a long time ago and never come back and that's a comfort versus discomfort discussion right are you going to stay in a comfortable situation because it's comfortable or are you going to get uncomfortable for six months go through it move on find something better right or fix your marriage yeah. fix your relationship so Come i would back in say line. I'll, I'll, I'll go through what i've got here right so yeah I i'm think interested in, in this from your in perspective terms of relationship goals i've always sort of early on wanted to know short-term mid-term and long-term goals and i'm not talking existential goals like how much money you want to make or anything like that. Just in general, like, hey, where do you see yourself in a few years? What What's the... Do you want to be in Spokane? Do you want to be in friggin' Orange County, California? Do you want to live in Arkansas? Do you want... Where are we going? You know, do you want eight kids? Do you want one kid? Do you want no kids? Are you a dog person? If you're a cat person, it's probably not going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. <laughs> uh, Although cats make me sick. They really do. Yeah, I was like, I don't know about that. If you brought a cat in this room, you would think I had COVID in three minutes flat. Are you allergic? All the fluid in my body tries to come out my eyes and my nose at the same time. So you're allergic to cats? Oh, they're awful. I have to take a pill. Oh. Um, but yeah, so little things that you have to sort of line up, right? Not existential, 
are you religious? Do you believe in horoscopes and <laughs> the moon and stars and universe and all that? Round or flat, round or flat. I often think people can have really great similar values, even though one can be super religious. And by super religious, I mean they practice, they read scripture and one not. And we somehow create these false dichotomies that because one isn't religious that the other one can't be with them. Um, so I think more than anything, rather than doctrine, it should be values that people look for. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to go to church together. It's nice if you can. You don't have to not go to church together. It's nice if you can as well. But we kind of force those things on each other. This is important. I think as a couple, you have to focus on each other's strengths and weaknesses. But beyond focusing on them, you have to recognize the strengths and give kudos and credit where it's due. And in terms of weaknesses, you have to be compassionate enough to try and improve them, right? You should be trying to grow together. So for me, strengths and weaknesses don't need to be in alignment per se, but your vision on them needs to be in alignment. Like, hey, make sure you're telling them that they're really good at making those potatoes that you mm. love, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, hey, I'm good at balancing the checkbook. You're kind of a frivolous spender. Is this something we can do together? Can I can I teach you to do this? Can you can you work with me on this to where we budget and you'll see the benefit of a budget and then before long you're both pretty mm -hmm. um, frugal, right? Or maybe it's hey, here's your, your your frivolous spending budget. Just don't go over it. I'll take care of this. You're better at doing this stuff. You take care of that. I think so. I told you originally uh, in a couple recordings ago, the toilet paper conversation in our premarital yeah. counseling, right? Yeah, and you're a psychopath because <laughs> you put it down the back. I think we all put toilet paper down the back at the end of it. but <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, maybe it's just indicative of how it's supposed to go. I'm just saying over here. The top. But Lauren was like, no, it goes over the top. So it's like, do you love your spouse enough to put the toilet paper over the top, right? And it's taking the things, I think, in all of this, right, where it's like, does it matter at the end of the day? Because I think people argue about things and they make it into something that it doesn't need to be a lot of the time, right? It's like, well, I don't care which way the toilet paper goes. I mean, sure, it's, it's, it rolls and I wipe my butt with it. There you go. At the end of the day, that's all it needs to do. So I think also it's like choose the things that are actually important to you and don't care so much about the rest. Did you guys install a bidet? No. Because <laughs> I just can't imagine living with somebody that wants to put the toilet paper down the oh, back. Are you still on that, really? You have to explain this. Have you ever had urges to kill people? Yeah, you. <laughs> right now, actually. I'm currently feeling that urge. And I have a pen in my hand. Yeah. So I think with, within relationships, whether it be friend relationships or romantic relationships, there has to be a level of delegation as well. And you have to both rely on them, trust them, and then be... It's Again, it's that compassion. You don't want to come in like the, the self-righteous ass clown at the end of it and say I told you how to do this one time I'm only going to show you one more it's like hey let's do it like this this is how we you know so I think it, there's a there's a fine line in getting aligned with that because delegation's tough to do without sounding bossy and then teaching is tough to do without being condescending both for males and females I think mm -hmm. And then the trust and the relying part. So relying on people to do things and trusting that it will get done 
is so so important and you almost have to extend enough grace to know that the first few times sometimes it might not get done well and that's in every wrong. relationship yeah i mean that's everything grace and love is what i was saying it's like we need more grace and more love the world would be a much better place so i have a question for you it's a personal question and i'm not sure i've ever asked you this question and i'm not sure you know the answer to this question do you know what i'm going to ask i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> i'm nervous i know with relationships what do you actually want out of a relationship like what is your end goal i mean if we're talking about alignment it's like are your actions aligned with what you actually want out of a relationship that depends on the relationship that depends on the person and this no, what do you uh, the, doesn't this, not about the other person what do you want a relationship to look like i don't know it depends i, I maybe that's very, why you've like, had like struggled relationships I don't struggle in relationships. I'm great in relationships. It's after relationships that I struggle. <laughs> it's shit. <laughs> but why do relationships all end? But hear me out, right? Sort of what right. I don't have is this cookie-cutter preconceived notion when I meet someone or that I'm looking for. So I often get into this with my friends where they go, they, they, that girl's your type, and I'm like, I have a type. I was like, I'm all over the spectrum in terms of what I'm attracted to physically. I do think, and I've said this before, I think there's three things that I expect from a companion, and it's there has to be the physical element. If I'm not attracted to them physically, and I know this sounds shallow, yeah. I, I can't, then there's no way I can get to that point from the, the other two things that I need. There's an emotional there's an emotional element. I have to feel supported. I have to be able to support. I have to you know, know that there's a, a reciprocity in terms of, of care and feelings and, and expectations and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's a mental element. I have, and again, this sounds kind of arrogant, but I have zero tolerance for stupidity or drama. And by stupidity, I, I, I mean that exactly how it sounds. There has to be a certain cognitive level to where you can have a discussion at a high level. If somebody... The, the easiest way for somebody to become repulsive to me is to not be able to hold a good conversation with me about simple topics or topics that are relevant. You know, I'm not interested in makeup and eyebrows and friggin' superficial bullshit. I want to be able to sit down and talk about something philosophically and we can be polar opposite and agree to disagree, but we're going to get deep and we might sit up till three in the morning drinking a whiskey and talking about which that. is how you learn about people too right but yeah so those are the only three prerequisites i've got in terms of where they come from what they look like where they're going i mean but i mean i'm just saying even so not necessarily so that's the type of person you want to attract but it's like wife kids maybe sure I don't see know. but i just how do you align when you don't know what the end goal is I guess... I mean, how do you know what actions to take if you don't even know what you want? Well, this is where you and I differ. And I'm, I don't know that you'll ever understand my viewpoint on it or how I feel about it. Yeah, I don't know if I will. <laughs> but I think from probably when you were a young boy, you expected to get married young, have kids, do the family thing, right? Some of that, yeah. But yet your brother's a polar opposite. Not always necessarily by choice. Yeah, but not in a bad way. Yeah, no. I... And it took me a long time to get here. I used to be kind of down on myself, like, Jesus, I can't meet a girl or whatever, right? But I'm perfectly happy on my own. And if that's the way I'm going to be for the rest of my life, then so be it. 
I have family, I have friends, I have relationships, and you know what? Every now and again, I meet girls and have fun. That is fine by me for as long as it goes or for as short as it goes. If I meet somebody, which I have multiple times, that makes me want to change that and be with them, then I can change gears and be there. But it's not going to define me whether I get married, whether I'm with a long-term partner, whether I have kids. I'm open to all of it. I'm just not necessarily actively pursuing this it is in just, an aggressive manner. This is just so interesting to me now that I think about this because in every other area of your life, you have a very clearly articulated why and a very clearly articulated end goal in an action plan, three-step plan to get there, except for this one area. I feel like in this area, if you had a plan to get there, all you're doing is setting yourself up for failure and for disappointment. Because... I disagree. You're, whenever you have that from a pursuing a partner standpoint, and it, you can disagree and that's fine. Yeah. I'm just telling you it from my perspective. I did not expect this to go this way in terms of alignment. <laughs> but, um, See what happens? Five <laughs> days of explanation. See what I did there? Just um, come in. Uh, no, but for me, it's... Where, what was I saying? I kind of lost my way there. What was the question? What did you say? <laughs> I forgot to. Um, you said it. I disagree. Clearly defined everywhere else. I feel yeah. like if I come in to any situation, so let's. Well, say, you said you said you'd be you'd fail if you. Yeah. Yeah, but here's the reason I think I'm setting myself up for failure, and hopefully I can articulate this in a in an eloquent way. Let me give you a today scenario, right? So you and I leave here, go to a coffee shop, mm -hmm. and walks a girl, eye contact, wow, you're beautiful, you're cool, here's my number, here's your number, right? So if I have a preset goal slash set of things that I want, at some point, we're going to have to articulate that to each other, right? Let's say it's a month in. Things are great. The physical side's there. The emotional side's there. You clearly care about each other. The mental side's there. You're having these amazing discussions, right? So three boxes ticked. You're starting to fall. You're moving in the right direction. And then you decide you're going to have this alignment conversation, per se. Or, hey, here's what I want out of my life. Here's what I want out of my relationship. I want two and a half kids. I want... 10 acres in the country, three horses, four dogs, six cats. And I'm like, ah, I want to live in New York City. I want kids. I want to get drunk every Friday, Saturday night, and not have to worry about babysitting, right? And I'm not saying that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, but but if you come in open and willing to, and this is, you think I'm unwilling to compromise, if you come in open-ended, it's like, huh. Maybe a, maybe a country house sounds good. Can it just be a, a mile or two outside of town? Does it have to be like in the boonies? Can I still have internet? Can I, <laughs> can I still drive 10 minutes and go to a coffee shop? Or am I sitting in a pasture? It, well, and then so, you, and you can get drunk, but out in the field that way. Well, on yeah, Friday night. drinking the moonshine or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm just open. I'm, I'm not going to be defined by being married, having kids, or not being married and not having kids. And I've made complete peace with it. I'm happy. I'm fruitful. I've got a lot of cool things going on in my life. And yeah, we'll see what happens over the next few years. Yeah, we'll see.
but it seems to bother you more than it bothers me. No, I, I just like I said, I, ha- I had never heard you clearly articulate what it is you would want out of a relationship. And we've oh. talked about them before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, multiple relationships. So, yeah, figured it was a fair question. I just want to be happy and healthy and take it off and straight. Yeah, and then that kind of just does lead to again. I mean, you're open to whatever you want. I'm, I'm not saying this with regard to relationships either. If you don't necessarily know what your end goal is, how do you align actions? I think you would align based on principles and visions and morals. So character. You align in character more than you align in in anything else. And I don't necessarily disagree either. I think it's sometimes it's just starting with something and then being willing to alter your actions. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And that comes to compromise. And I said compromise, and you're like, no, in the text message when I said compromise. And it's like, I don't think compromise is necessarily a bad thing, right? Sometimes compromise leads to even better results. So mm-hmm. the idea of compromise even in relationships and compromise in anything, really, it depends on what you're compromising on, I guess. Yeah. And I think that's where we have to... So there's things that you need to be aligned on, and there's things that you don't need to be aligned on. Right, so in a relationship standpoint, your hobbies don't need to be aligned. I think yeah, often well. people go out looking for a clone of themselves with a, with a either, an, like, well, I've, I'm a female and I'm looking for a clone of myself, and it's like, yeah, good luck finding a guy that wants to watch friggin' Desperate Housewives or whatever on a Sunday night. Yeah, guy wants to watch Sunday night football. Most of them, right? Um, Desperate housewives. So it's like that kind of stuff doesn't necessarily need to be aligned. It doesn't mean that you can't share it on occasion. No. Well, and to your point, hobbies, example, like Laura and I, we have this conversation because we circle back every once in a while where I get bored. Like she wants to come home. You know, we have dinner, we do things, get the kids down and then watch TV. Yeah. And then we get in cycles of just doing that. And I get restless and bored and like unfulfilled feeling because we're just sitting home watching TV in the evenings, right? And like that's how she relaxes and decompresses. Whereas mine is like people community, like mm-hmm. being out is how I relax. Yeah. And so we've even had to say sometimes, I'm like, well, then fine. We each know how we relax. And that's fine to be able to do it individually too. And you so guys it's like are polar opposite. I'll go down regard. to the neighbor's house and have a beer around the campfire with them mm-hmm. and chat conversations until midnight where she'll be in bed at nine o'clock after watching a couple hours of TV, right? And, yeah. and doing her crafts. So I want to go be with people and be active. And we've both come to the middle to some degree on that, right? And even so, I was like, I'm like, Lauren, I want you to like plan some things. I don't want to be the only one that ever is planning an adventure or doing these things, right? So she's strived to get better at doing stuff like that too and setting dinners with friends and stuff. Because one of those things where it's like, she always is like, oh, that was so fun afterwards. I'm glad we did that. And I'm like, yeah, well, we should do more of it. Maybe. Well, it's funny because in a social setting, Lauren's an absolute dream. Totally. And she's a doll. Yeah. Right? And she talks, she carries on yep. good conversations. But I can totally see that to where you're like, I just want to be out of the house. <laughs> we don't have the kids. We're not staying home. Yeah. Type thing, you know? And we wouldn't, if the kids were gone, <laughs> we're definitely not staying home. We're definitely not staying home. So, all right. So the last part of alignment I had, and this we can go through this quick, was sort of health. So I said physical and mental health. Yeah, um, that was basically our our twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. 
mean, we talked about diet and training being in alignment mm-hmm. with each other, right? There's no mm-hmm. point in lifting all the weights and doing all the cardio if you're still eating 3,500 3, calories a day. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a simple thing of alignment, right? We've talked about stress plus rest equals growth. Yep. But are all of those things in alignment in terms of the correct proportions? So I've got written down here that a lot of people talk about overtraining. And this can be physical or mental overtraining. I don't actually think there's such a thing as overtraining. And I used to have to get into arguments with this with people with their kids. And I'm like, no, it's not that they're doing too much at practice. I get them for an hour and a half, two times a week, three times if I'm really lucky. I promise I was doing much more as a child and never got these overuse injuries. Quote unquote overuse injuries are from lack of rest. They're not recovering properly. They're not eating properly. They're not sleeping properly. They're not getting the right nutrients. They're literally not drinking any water when they're at practice. These injuries are occurring because of their actions away from the practice. Not because of time on the field. Promise three hours of soccer a week is not damaging your kid's knee. (laughs) Or, you know, causing them to be tired the next day. What's causing them to be tired the next day is not going to bed early enough, playing video games, too much doing all the chips shit. and sugar. So, and yeah, so I, I'm a big believer that there's no such thing as overtraining, just under resting. Like and it. professional athletes have actually embraced this to where they'll take naps in the middle of the day now. They'll, they'll get up early, they'll do all their stuff, they'll eat, they'll nap, they'll ice. I mean, I listened to an interview with LeBron James and his trainer. And where professional athletes are now, this is one of the things I always talk about when people are talking about the greatest ever. Michael Jordan changed the game in basketball with his training regimen. And now he didn't have the recovery routines that these other athletes have now. Michael Jordan could still play in today's game. You go any further back than him and all these people that talk about being greats, whether it be um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or... They, they couldn't hack today's NBA because they're just specimens. That's their craft. So, again, alignment, Ooh. all of this stuff. You're going to get some people pissed off on that, probably. I don't think so. I think people would... I, I've been saying it for years about Pele, the Brazilian soccer player. Hmm. People regard him as the greatest ever. I think Zinedine Zidane's the greatest ever. But different eras. You know, Pele was playing against people who didn't have the diet and conditioning that people have now so you would get found out so it kind of comes back to what we talked about last week as well i think when it comes to health and fitness and mental health the frequency the intensity and the specificity of what you're doing is so important right so how often are you taking those mental health breaks you know are you taking time to recover after you've had a stressful day what caused the stress? Was it self-caused stress? Are you taking actions to reduce that in the future? Is it going to be that at certain times of the year you're just busier? Why does that stress you? Are you not doing enough before and after? So again, are your actions aligned with what you have to do and how you have to do it? <laughs> um, and then how are you communicating that with people, right? So, agreed on all that. And, I mean... We, we talked about this all through 2019, so I'm like, oh, I don't know, what, what more do you want me to say? <laughs> but it's like if you, I was doing something in 2019 that I didn't necessarily care. Yeah, I want to be in decent shape at least, but I don't need to have a six-pack. My intent was never to have a six-pack. So the idea of overtraining, right? And Stephen's doing some weird stuff over here. 
the idea of overtraining, like for something that I didn't want, was a waste, right? So I think overtraining for the sake of overtraining, why? You know, why would you do that, right? Yeah. So I would just say make sure that your actions are aligned with your goals when it comes to your health, right? If your goal is to be a fat slob, then yes, yeah, sit on the couch, drink beer, don't work out. If your goal is to be around for your kids and be healthy, go on walks, eat good food, live an active lifestyle. If your goal is to have a six pack, have really big arms, go to the gym every day and work out for an hour. Eat less beer and fried food, Steven. He, he looks down at his stomach. <laughs> He's over here flexing like, look how big I am. And then looks at his stomach. I got the big arms and the big chest, back. And the big... I don't have a big belly anymore. <laughs> Awkward silence again. Alignment. I think you're projecting. <laughs> projecting what? Your own insecurities onto me. No, I'm comfortable with mine. Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be a dick there and he never bit. I thought you would bite on that. <laughs> like, no, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, mean, like, I don't know, am I? I don't know, am I, am I insecure? So yeah. I'll end it with this. Ooh. It better be profound if you're going to end with it. Well, I'm not sure how profound it is, but we've talked about this before. It has to do with flying, right? You leave LA, you're flying to New York. What? One degree. If you're one degree off, yep. Where do you end up? Not LA. Well, no, because you're left LA. <laughs> God. I'm still right. Yeah. <laughs> but I, honestly, I can't remember where you end up, so I was hoping you were going to tell me. But you're going for New York, and you end up in, like, Maine or something. We'll go with Maine. You'd, uh, Maine would be close to New York. You'd way off. Over the course of that distance, one degree is, like, Nantucket or... Friggin' Canada, Manitoba. Or... It's, not, it's not that far. But you end up a long ways away from where you actually should be. So what I say is even if, you're not a, if you don't think you're going in the right direction, stop and realign. Take a moment to rest like Stephen was talking about. Reevaluate the actions that you are currently doing and say, are they aligned with my goals or not? And if they're not, change them. Stop them. Do something different. That's all I have to say. Until the next time. No, stop. <laughs> I found an article that might tell us where we would end up. Oh, where would we end up? On a flight from JFK to LAX that might oh, put me okay. 40 miles out in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> One degree off could be the difference between making it to an important meeting on time or using my seat as a flotation device. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically 40 miles is the difference yeah. between one degree on over that distance. So there you go. I found it. Which, good luck with traffic in LA, too. That's terrible. 40 miles. Ugh. So before we go, will you admit that alignment was a decent thing to talk no, about? it was a fine thing to talk about once you actually were able to articulate what the goal was of it. I swear to God, I'm going to screenshot or text messages. See, and then we were clearly media. aligned with what the goal was once you communicated <laughs> it in a clear and concise manner. Again, comes back to communication. Do you always do this condescending thing? No, I just speak my mind and what's right and tell people they're wrong. <laughs> Yeah. which you're really good at too so watch it alright well we really appreciate you guys listening we do need rates and reviews and shares and all that stuff and do it next week we should have a wonderful interview for you which I'm pretty excited about we got a few actually if yeah we've we got some getting lined up so. cool people doing cool things all cool. over the place 
cool, 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 um, cool. I have one that I'm working on that I'm going to surprise Ben with. Ooh. And if you follow me on social media, you might see me repost a lot of the stuff that's posted by this person. Tom Billion? Who? What? Who? Still working on Tom. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Still waiting for my cheeseburger. We're going to sign off now. So until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom.